Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward and this is Sweat, Grit and Hustle. Welcome to another episode of our, let's call them caffeine conversations, shall we? And as always, we, as well as bringing you people that are already making it in their business, we also bring you stories from people who are on their journey right now. And today I've got with me a wonderful lady, Claire Langford, who is a property investor. And I believe you predominantly do HMOs, don't you, Claire? Um, Yeah, we're currently renovating a HMO at the moment. Perfect. So um, how long have you been in property as a professional? Um, I've been doing property for about 18 months now. I've got a couple of buy-to-lets and I've just moved into the HMO market. Perfect. And you're based over in Doncaster, but you your properties that you buy tend to be further north? Yeah, we're investing in the northeast in Sunderland at the moment. Brilliant. Now, I know you've not always been into property, so tell our listeners here who might be looking at getting into property as a way of making additional income, what were you doing before property? Um, so I currently work as a primary school teacher. I've been doing uh, this for the last 20 years almost but I wanted to build my pension so that um, I can leave the job eventually. Brilliant so is, is that the main reason that you got involved in looking at property as an asset vehicle then just pension based or was there other reasons? Um, just finding my own financial freedom with health issues that I've got and having a young family I wanted something that would be more flexible so I could choose my own hours and when I worked and who for. Brilliant I know for some people you know a lot of people look for you know to go into business become a sole trader a lot of people do it because they want to get out of a job they don't like but I know some people do it because they love the job they have but it doesn't quite give them the income they're looking for to, you know, do what they want in life. So are you the former or the latter? Um, I'd say I'm a bit of both. I've loved teaching for as long as I've been doing it now, but I want to do something different. There's too much bureaucracy with teaching. I want to have more freedom and flexibility so that I can take holidays when I want to take holidays and I'm not dictated by the school holidays when it's really, really expensive to go travelling. I just want that freedom. Brilliant. Now, I know we've been working together for a while. I mean, I've known you, what, good three or four years, maybe. And we've been working together for the last year. And I know you've had some particularly interesting situations that a few other people probably, um, if they haven't experienced them yet, if they're early enough in their journey, they may do. And that's good old builders. So we're in an area at the minute, you know, as we're recording this, we're, you know, we're coming out of the COVID lockdown. It's it's the middle of 2021. And a lot of us are finding that builders aren't always available. They've got long lead times. They're not always, not all of them, and this doesn't apply to everybody, but some of them aren't conscientious because there's so much work out there. It's almost like they don't need to be. So, and I know with one of your properties, you've experienced some interesting situations with your build team. So Tell the listeners a little bit about what you've experienced. 
Oh, absolutely. So you need to be really, really careful when working with builders that you set off in your relationship in the right way. So the kind of issues that we've had are that we went with um, a small builder for our refurbishment for our HMO. So he's getting lots of um, small firms in to complete our refurbishments and they don't have a lot of money up front to go and buy materials and things. And we've just found it's quite a bit um, of a challenge keeping track of um, the work that's been done and actually getting a schedule going of when works are going to be completed so we've had quite a bit of a sort of upheaval um, with our with our journey with them working with contractors. Okay now I know you're based uh, sort of South Yorkshire way and the property that you're currently renovating is not your first HMO and by the way for those of you that are wondering what on earth an HMO is because you're not in property that's not your kit bag um, it's house of multiple occupation so it's a house that's shared by multiple people that aren't related. Um, so that's just in case you're wondering what the wonderful acronyms are for. But yeah, Claire, you're based down in South Yorkshire. The property you're doing at the minute is up in the northeast. So how much of an issue has it been for you, the fact that you're not close by and how have you handled that? Um, it's really difficult not being close by because it's still a two hour journey up there and back. So in terms of keeping an eye on works, it's quite difficult. Um I have been in good contact with the builder but like he hasn't been forthcoming all the time in giving the photographs that I've asked for and when you can't actually go into the property and check on works that are being done you realise that sometimes there's a lot of exaggeration going on there with what's actually being completed so a good tip would be you know having someone in your corner if if you're investing a long way from home then having someone who's got a key to the property that can just go in and do those checks for you um, if you've got those kind of problems brilliant and it, it's quite interesting because you know neither of us are saying here that small building firms shouldn't be worked with because they really should you know at the end of the day there can be a little bit more flexibility you know you can usually get them organizing things on a smaller scale you know whether it's a big builder or a small builder is irrelevant because you know, you can get some big build companies that still end up, you know, there's good big builders and there's bad big builders. There's good small builders and there's bad small builders. So we're not suggesting that this is the whole building industry. We just want to sort of share some stuff with people out there doing property investing around what you can do to, to help yourself really manage the build especially in, if you're in the early part of your journey, because your build can actually be a big part of you investing in the raw material to turn it into something that's sellable or rentable. So Claire, when you started, did, you know, in terms of getting your quote and getting the guy to let you know how much it was going to cost, um, how did that work for you? Did you just get one big amount? Did he give you a breakdown of different areas? What what kind of situation were you in with regards to the quoting? 
Um, he gave me one big amount for how much it would cost to convert the uh, HMO into a five bed or lawn suite. And then he's kind of broken it down as we've gone along. But there's been sort of other issues that have needed costing for like there's been damp in the property and um, some roof issues and um, a structural um, piece of work that needed to be done because the building was sort of like collapsing on one side where there's been um, an extension added at the back um, so yeah it was an upfront quote but the tips I would have for anyone um, starting out would be that it's really really important to get a full breakdown of costs at the outset so you know exactly how much everything's going to cost and it's all right to give the builder money, but you need to have clear payment schedules for when you're going to pay um, out bits of the money. Okay, cool. So and for those of you out there listening, maybe you're already thinking about property or you're at the early stage of your journey. You know, the, it doesn't matter how much knowledge you go and get about investing in property. It's not till you actually get out there and you're physically getting on with the projects that some of some of this stuff becomes obvious, if you like, or aware to you. So, for instance, you know, at the end of the day, when you're in a busy phase of the market where builders are busy, there's not, I mean, some builders are so busy, they don't even come out and quote, they can't take your job on. So, sometimes it's easy when we're in an area where, you know, the supply of builders or tradesmen is quite low, that sometimes you might get into a space of, well, there's not a lot out there, so I'm just going to have to accept this the way that they want it done. Uh, and, you know, that's not always the best way to do it. So I definitely advise you guys, you know, make sure that you understand in writing what this job is going to cost you. But also make sure that you understand the timescales, as Claire said earlier. And as you go along, agree up front, how are we going to measure how far through you are the, with the build so that we know when we pay you the next stage. So for instance, I always sort of, when I'm working with my mentees in property, I always make sure it's like, you know, if you can, you're aiming to pay no more than 25% up front. If you have got a small family firm, those family firms, smaller builder companies, they don't have the cash flow to go and pay for your materials for you. So, you, you know, you're in a position where you will be paying them a little bit up front. But then right at the beginning, before you get through the project, you agree at what stage do we pay you the next bit and how do we measure that that's done? So that could be down to, well, when we've done first fix electric and we've got the plasterboard and we've skimmed with plaster, that will be your job roughly halfway through. So work out, is it going to be a case of when certain things are done or is it going to be when you spend quarter of the money, half the money, three quarters of the money, things like that? And I think the other one is when you get to the end and it's coming near to the end of the project, always hold some of the money in reserve until you've gone and done the snagging. Uh, I mean, I had an interesting, interesting one that I'll share with you, Claire, Claire, earlier in my journey. So it doesn't matter how long or short you've been an investor, you know, you may end up where you've got a situation where the build doesn't go as easily as planned. But I had one where... I paid them the finishing money when they finished the job, but before I went and did the snagging. And I then went round the property. This was a Friday afternoon. 
about four o'clock, I popped up at the property because the builders were going at three, popped up, went and had a look, few things not done or needed fixing, phones up the builder and it was a case of, hey, there's this, this, this and this that still isn't done. Guess where they were? They were in the pub. And when I said, well, can you pop back on Monday to get it sorted? Oh, no, I'm really sorry. We start another job on Monday. We were on that for two weeks. We can pop back and do it in a couple of weeks. Now, again, I'm not knocking any builder, any investor, but I'll back a little bit of money because there needs to be a little bit of a carrot to get them to whiz back and get that snagging done. So that's always worth doing. So how's the job going now, Claire? Because I know it's nearly finished, is it, the one that you're working on? Um, yeah, it's, it's at a stage where the, uh, the bathrooms are going in. So we're just uh, waiting for those to be completed this week and the kitchen's going in um, and then it'll be a case of decorating and doing any of those last finishing touches. Brilliant. And I know one of the things we, we've arranged and got you working on for your future projects is actually having a predetermined list, if you like, of what your finishes to be, what kitchens you want in, what towels you want in. Um, do you think that's going to help you having that for the future jobs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we've got a schema document um, with all the materials and things that we've used uh, for this HMO. So going forward, we can choose the same kitchens, choose the same bathrooms, and then that'll be there ready to give to the builder. And they'll know exactly what we want or similar. So they can just go out and choose those materials. So this is like any business, guys, you know, you know, many of you are in property out there and some of you know that I'm in property and we're talking today with Claire, who's a property investor. It's no different to any other business. You need your systems and processes in place. So just like other business might determine, you know, I'll take a, re a really well-known one, Subway, McDonald's, few of the franchise businesses, you know, it's down to the point they've got processes that say, this is how much you put in of the filling in the sandwiches. This is how you actually create a Big Mac. The reason they can pass their business out with confidence to other people who are franchise holders, literally representing their brand, is because they have systems and processes. And so things like this build schema, what your kitchens are, what towels you have, what your finishes for the, for the woodwork and the doors, that is no different to the likes of Subway and McDonald's putting together a specification for their franchise holders on how they make a burger or a sandwich. We are no different, guys. We are property people, but we are still running a business. So that I hope that's helpful for those of you out there that are just getting started. Um, anyway, Claire, so in terms of generally in property, so taking the building things aside that we've been chatting about today generally in property what would you say is your biggest lesson learned in the last 18 months two years um having the confidence to work with contractors and really be upfront and let them know what you want yeah confidence is a big thing guys if if you're dealing with supplies in any business then if you don't, if you don't come over as confident, then, you know, at the end of the day, things might not go quite as you planned. And as well as that, being comfortable about the fact that sometimes there are times when you're going to have to be open and honest about what you're feeling about the service you've been given. 
So always remember that. And what would you say to somebody considering property as an income stream, Claire? I'd say do it. Absolutely. It's fantastic. It's like any job that it's got its ups and it's got its downs, but it, it's brilliant. Great. Amazing. Fantastic. And I know you and I work together, so I've been out there helping to guide you and work with you around growing your business. So as part of our mastermind program, what's been your, I guess, your biggest benefit for you? Um, Definitely the support that um, myself and my business partner have received in, in terms of being able to grow our business and the ability to network with people and and grow um, our friendships amongst people that are also doing what we're doing. Yeah, great. And I know we're, while we're recording this, in you know, we've there's been about almost thirty of us out, not doing any training. We've just been out in a great big, fantastic place out in the Peak District, and everybody's been networking and connecting because, as many of you know, um, we've had everybody's had a year and a half or so of doing everything through Zoom. So it's been absolutely great getting together with you on this weekend, Claire. Um, and thank you for sharing what's happened with the builders because it can't be easy having to sit there and share the fact that it didn't go as planned no no it's not but life's like that isn't it and thank you so much Tracy for all the support that you've given us this last year and continue to do we've absolutely had a great time this weekend and building friendships which I fully believe will be friendships for life yeah it has been brilliant and one last question for you which we always ask when we've got people we're speaking to on here sweat grit or hustle, which one resonates with you that you've had to deal the most with? Grit. And why is that, Claire? Just because you've got to really be strong to face your challenges. You have indeed. So you've been listening to Claire Langford, one of our property investors, who's based in Yorkshire and invests up in the northeast. And we've been talking about her experiences, specifically with builds and when they can go wrong when it comes to managing your supply team. So we will see you next week. To keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on Sweat, Grit and Hustle, do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com.